write this. I'm, I'm going to write this for you. It's too long. All right. Welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called What Would You Do? Where we talk about violations of the code of ethics as related to the professional standards. Yes. Apparently too much for me to say. And right, here yes. with me is Rachel Real. And today we are going to talk about is canceling and relisting your listings an ethics violation. You're going to, we're going to fight about this one. Oh, we're Even though this, is not a, this is not a fight club episode. It's a, what would you do episode? We're going to do a little bit of both. I'm sure. Yeah. I've so, been fighting with people for like two days on these dumb ass rules that anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. So today we're going to talk about article 12 of the code of ethics, which essentially says that realtors should be truthful and honest in their real estate communications and present a true picture in advertising, marketing, and other uh, representations. So that just tells me, like, instead of, instead of saying cozy, you should be, like, small as shit. Yes, exactly. Just tell it like it is. Yeah. You know? But you ever read those those descriptions, though, and then when they're just straight and to the point and then kind of chuckle? I, yeah. You see them every once in a while where they're just super straightforward, and I'm like, thank you. Just, yeah, just it helps everybody. It. Right. <laughs> Let's just say it like it is. Yeah. So, so Yes. Um, in the advertising, marketing, and other representations, and that the recipients of all real estate communications are or have been notified that those communications are from a real estate professional. So Article 12 kind of sums up a whole lot of information, but what we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth today is when you have a listing, and right now we're not seeing a whole lot of this, although I'm seeing it a couple times here and there, um, when somebody has a listing that has maybe spent a little too long on the market, and then they do a cancel and relist as new without yeah. changing a gosh darn thing. Maybe dropping the price by like a hundred bucks. Okay. Just saying. I mean, um, so <laughs> how do you that makes that? sense to go from 400 to 399.9? Okay. Would, would you say at that point, is a 399 buyer the same buyer as a 400 buyer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes in the searches, right in the, um, and we actually did a fight club on this in the searches, each search portal has a beginning and an end. That's a little bit different, right? So some of them may be 399.9, the others may be 400. So you could potentially, and the goal as an agent is to cast the widest net. So, right. I I, I agree. I think when you're honest in a, in a initial listing presentation or where you're going to price a property taking that initial list price and making sure that you're catching all of those yeah. portal, uh, you know, top and bottom bracket numbers yeah. are, is, is the best way to, best way to do it. So if I'm looking at, although 399.9 sounds psychologically better than 400, if somebody is looking at 400 to 450. Oh my God, we agree on something. Wait a minute. If somebody, Hel just right? freeze Hel over. Hel just froze over. <laughs> if somebody says to me, I'm looking at 400 and to 450, I'm pulling up 390 to 475. I mean, I Just think that's a best I, practice, I, right? Best but practice like, is right. Why wouldn't you, if you're trying to find them a property, and especially in a market like this where there is no friggin' property available for sale, make your make your 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 bracket a little bit larger. Especially right now when prices are, if the list price is 375, the thing's selling for 425 anyway. Right. So bring your bracket down. You, know, you right. got to adjust for, for best practices based on what's going on. In the I just market. have a feeling you're going to tell me cancel relist is like a violation. Ding, 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 ding. It can be. So. It, oh, good. Meaning <laughs> it can't be also. Okay. Right. It also Carry can't on. be, but I think. <laughs> I'll wait to fight for it with you. Right. So standard <laughs> practice 12-10 
says realtors obligation to present a true picture in their advertising and representations to the public includes internet content, images, and the URLs and domain names they use and prohibits realtors from doing five things. One is engaging in deceptive or unauthorized framing of real estate brokerage websites. Two, which is <clears throat> what we're gonna talk about today, manipulating listing and other content in a way that produces a deceptive or misleading result. Three, deceptively using meta tags, keywords, and or other devices or methods to direct traffic, or I'm sorry, direct drive or divert internet traffic or presenting content developed by others without either attribution or without permission or otherwise misleading consumers, including use of misleading images. Okay. So we've got a whole lot of different things that we see pretty regularly in here. Framing of websites is a little bit of a higher level thing. We don't see a whole lot of that. Mm -hmm. For the purposes of our conversation, number two would be manipulating listing and other content in a way that produces a deceptive or misleading result. So if you have a house that's on the market for 875. Yeah. Sits in this market for a couple of weeks, no activity. Okay. You take that thing off the market, you cancel it, you put it back on at 850. Or 874.9. Or 874.9. But for this purpose, let's use 850. Okay. That is still a minute percentage when you're talking about an 875 price point, right? Yeah. 850 to 875 is like, what, two something per, I mean, it's, it's minuscule. Mm-hmm. You're not reaching new buyers by going from 875 to 850. If you're at 300, mm-hmm. you're not reaching new buyers by going from 300 to 295. I, I see what you're saying. And I, I think that there's always new buyers that are entering the market. Yes. They I are. think that in a lot of cases, if they see they're always entering, right? So when they enter, if they enter and they see something that's been on the market for a while, their initial thing is what's wrong with it. And there may not be anything wrong with it. Right. Other than maybe the seller was a little too aggressive with their list price. Potentially, or in this market, what's happening more is that the first buyer is walks or whatever. Right. But no, for no fault of the house, it was just, they freaked out. And that then if we don't, sometimes if we don't cancel and relist it or whatever, like sometimes you have to, if you don't do that, then this, you're not, operating in the seller's best interest, which you've been hired to do. Now, do you think there's a difference when you, when you go through this cancel and relist process, when the situation is a, I just priced it too high. Now I want to drop it. So I think you should cancel relist. Instead of doing a price change, you're, you're doing a cancel relist or the property went under contract. It fell apart because the buyer lost their job. No fault of the house. Like what I'm saying. And then you cancel and relist. Do you feel that those two scenarios could be are different. No. No, why not? I guess it depends on your perspective. <laughs> so if I'm the perspective, uh, if I am the listing agent, my job is to find a buyer. And I know <laughs> in the way that the internet works, it pushes old data down and new data. Right. Up. So right. I know that in order to do the job that they hired me to do, it serves his, their best interest if I cancel and relist it in those types of scenarios, or even if it's been on the market for a minute and I've had literally it. a minute, literally a minute in this market. Right, longer. <laughs> if it's less than five minutes, you're done. Yeah. What's wrong with you? And we go down a hundred dollars. I don't think it's false advertising. So and I, I don't just, think I it's manipulating you, yeah. right. the, I don't think it's manipulating 
the house, it's playing the game of the internet. It's ma- manipulating the data, which is it's exactly not. What, that, what that article is. Yes. Wrong. Manipulating listing or other content in a way that produces a deceptive or misleading result. It's not deceptive so, or misleading result. The house it is, is available. It's the same darn price. Right. But if it's the same darn price as what it was before. It's $100 a different. Think about, I guess, think about it if you're on the buy side, right? Or if you're a buyer's agent. And, and you've got a buyer that calls you and says, hey, this new listing just came up. Okay, well, it's not new. Number one, we know it's not new. So okay. now you still have to you still have to go through and they're going to say, well, why did it fall apart? Why this? Why that? What happened? Yeah, but the buy, that brain. buyer never, and that's good because as realtors, we need to take back control of this data so that we, I mean, this is part of our relevancy, right? But I don't think that that's, yeah, you still have to go through the process, but the buyer may never have brought it up had it not been canceled and relisted. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see your point there. However, like we had a, a broker in our market, this was a couple of years ago, where they would put a property on the market and list it and then drop the price by a dollar every two weeks <laughs> and do a cancel and relist. <laughs> now, I'm sorry, that's a little much. It's, it's, you, are clear, you are clearly manipulating data. It feels like a little much. Like if it's yes. like, yeah, but I think I think there is a point, There's a, there's a line between like, too much and operating in the best interest of the seller. If we don't do it because we're afraid that somebody will be misled. And I don't know why they're misled. I I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I think when you have a situation where you're doing a cancel and relist, obviously look at the the reason why you're doing it. So in a situation of maybe a price reduction, so say say a contract and and a a contract and and a cancellation wasn't part of the equation, right? Right. You have a, a, a situation where a seller priced the property. Now they're going to reduce the price. So take a step back and look at it and go, why didn't this first run through? What, what in this listing might not have done its job in order to get those buyers' attention? Right. So and in order to, to do the best job for your seller and not be deceptive, one of your options is to relook at those listing photos and go, okay, should I change the order of these? Mm-hmm. Maybe your money shot or what you thought was your money shot really isn't your money shot. Right. Maybe now that we're coming up on spring and not winter and snow where I am, you take new photos of the backyard and put that pimped out backyard as photo number two. Right. Change your data around. Maybe look at your listing, your listing remarks, correct your misspellings, correct your grammar. Maybe, maybe focus on some different things yeah. to try and capture a different group of people. And because we know, as, we know, it, right. We know as agents that the photos are the first thing somebody flips through. And even as an agent, I'm guilty of it too. If I'm looking at photos of a property to screen for clients, I'm click, click, click first three photos. If it doesn't grab my attention, close it out and I'm moving on. Right. Same thing with the, with the remarks. And also see like where, what, what around there, what were the comparables that did sell and maybe calling those agents and being like, Hey, did your buyer see this? Can you clarify a little bit more? Like I didn't see you said a showing. Or like, right. how did, why did they, this not come up? Like, why was this never shown, or, you know? Or right. Or why, right. Why did you choose not to show this one? What did you think was, was the, the thing that your clients didn't like about this it? This would require communication, Rachel. Well, it would. And agents. a little bit of work. I mean, let's what? talk about this. Yeah. Right. It's going to, it's going to But I actually don't think that the guy that <laughs> drops it by a dollar every two weeks. I think it's ridiculous, but I don't it's think ridiculous. it's, I don't think it's false ever. Like, I don't understand why it's a violation. Okay. Let me ask you this one. I'm gonna throw another one out at you. Same, same brokerage. Also a couple years break. ago. 
<laughs> yes, let's take a break. And we're going to talk about this one because I think this one I'm going to get you on. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. I think we it. might agree. Right? <laughs> all right. Let me tell you about a couple of our partners. Um, one of the things that we all need right now is leads. Um, and we need good leads. And so our number one lead source has been through Pipeline Pro Tools. And if you go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club, they are able to demonstrate how I've been getting a lot of leads through this lead source. And they will give you our um, the playbook that I've been using. They'll give it to you for free. So you go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club and check out the demo. Then the other one um, that... Oh gosh, I love all of our partners, but one of our other favorite partners is our VA. So she does all of that like tedious work that takes so much time or so much brain power. But I'd, I mean, I, then I can focus on selling and Monica can focus on, you know, loving her clients and sending gifts or whatever she does. So go to cyberbacker. You two are like two peas in a pod. <laughs> Oh God. Exactly. Go, go to cyberbacker.com. And when you schedule input fight club and they will give you a free gift. All right, let's hear it. Let's see. You think you're going to knock okay. me out. So, so let me ask you if this would be manipulating data and, and using the information in a content in, in a way that produces a deceptive or misleading result. You do a market analysis for a homeowner. Mm-hmm. The price is three fifty. dollars mm-hmm. Okay. So think about this from a buyer's agent standpoint, because from the seller agent standpoint, you're already doing your job here. It's a non, it's a non-issue. You know what the price is. You know, you're going to get people in the door. Okay. So value of the house is 350. Okay. So you should be listing somewhere between 340 and 360 roughly, right? Okay. You go on the market at $200,000. What? Why? You, you create utter freaking havoc. You have buyer's agents whose buyers in the 200 price range have to see this house because it's amazing. And they're going to buy it, or they think they're going to buy it because they're approved for 220. You know damn well the house is worth 340 to 360. Right. Do I think that's deceptive? Is that yeah, deceptive? That feels like 187% deceptive. Yeah. Absolutely. If you are going to but use although that there are agents listed as an you have to list it as an auction. I mean, our MLS has an auction option, and, and you, you have the ability to, to market something as in an auction way we to can use do the mls too right so but that's a different it's a different category different everything that's okay. not set up you know when i set up a, a listings for my buyers and searches for them i leave out auctions normally those are foreclosures different things like that these are listings that came up multiple of them within a very short period of time creating utter chaos okay because now as a buyer's agent, you have buyers that are approved for 220, 220 to two, or 200 to 225 and have to go see a $350,000 house. Well, it also doesn't seem like they're capturing the right buyers because if no, you're, you're not, if it should be 350 and you're pricing it at 250, you're missing the 350 buyers who really are, but I can understand Absolutely. like pricing it a little bit lower, right? So maybe, Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, if you five or Yes. Even that to, that to me is not manipul that's not manipulating. Yeah, that's I mean a right strategy. now we're seeing right. That's a strategy to underprice by a by a small margin in order to induce a multiple offer scenario. Yes. We're all very familiar with that. Right. We know that in the I mean, if most people are looking in a twenty-five to fifty thousand dollar price bracket, if you're a buyer and you've got that search set up, you're three hundred to three fifty, three fifty to four, two hundred to two twenty-five, like you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. As long as you're within that same bracket, I have right. no problem with that. It's when you start sending all of these 
listings or these listings to buyers who are $150,000 outside of that price range. That's ridiculous. And now these buyer's agents are having to explain to their buyer what the scenario is and why the agents are doing this. Why are they doing it? it? I don't know. That doesn't actually make sense. But that what does that it have to no do with sense. the guy that's dropping at a dollar every two weeks? Well, it's an, it's another uh, another example of, of standard of practice 12-10 and, and manipulating data. So these are just some different ways you could be accused of manipulating data to create a deceptive or misleading result. But is he manipulating the data to create a misleading result? I don't think he is. He's trying to get, he's trying to get an offer <laughs> and maybe he's terrible at price reductions, <laughs> like our price. In, what do we call them? Price improvements. Or maybe the, price, price improvements. Okay. Like somebody needs to coach him. Price and help repositioning. Him. Yeah. Repositioning. Right. He needs, he needs more than a dollar price point, a dollar exactly. price drop, you know, like nobody yeah, so rushes. That, go back and look at it. Yeah, and, and reassess what you what you came out of the gate with, and go. Okay, well, maybe maybe rearranging these photos, maybe yeah. taking a new exterior shot. I had one years ago where I hired a professional photographer, not the one I use now, and they they did some photos, and I got them and I put them up, and they were fine. It wasn't my regular photographer because they were booked or something, whatever it was, and I didn't love it. I did not love the photo, the front exterior main photo, which is what has to be up on the MLS. So I went with my fancy camera, took another couple of really good shots, photoshopped the sky in just instead of a straight on angle. Right. I took a little off to the side and just kind of made, made it, it was just a better, it was a better presentation. And I'll tell you, we, I, we did a cancel and relist, I believe at the time, because we did a price reduction at the same time, put that back up and holy cats, the difference was, was huge. Lot, and it yeah. wasn't a huge, it wasn't a huge price reduction. That's, first photo that was on the MLS just didn't, didn't it didn't make really it look right. It. But even no. actually, that's like a good, you know, that begs the question, like, what is this rule that the front picture has to be the first picture? Why does that rule yes. exist? Does that actually benefit the people that we're trying to benefit, which are the consumers? I would argue, no. I think it has to be that because I mean, Jesus, if you're driving up and down the street, you need to know what you're looking for. You also need to know what shouldn't be in there, but why does it have to be the first? I think so that you're on even playing ground with all, you know, with every photo, you're looking at the first product. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily fair. It's just consistency. I suppose. I remember taking a pre-licensed class in Michigan and I laughed because I mean, and this was the complete polar opposite of what it is in Illinois. The, and we can't have people, you can't have animals. Nothing can be in the photos. In, in Michigan, it was make sure, and the, and the example was the people in a hot tub. Make sure you take a picture of people enjoying their space and put that in your listing. <laughs> I about died. There's five people in a hot tub, like half naked. And right. I'm like, that is the last thing I'm putting in a listing. Although, <laughs> there's five people in a hot tub, half naked. Although, I don't think it's a problem. I think we need to revisit this. Um, maybe there's a, I don't know if there's a ethics violation here. Probably not, but I, almost I think there definitely, there definitely was one in the scenario where people were putting the property up for 150,000 less than that, what the actual list price was. That absolutely was shut down within relatively short or a short time. I agree. But I think like, if you have dog, like animals and stuff in the picture, it's almost good because if three dogs are in the picture, then you know exactly what that house smells like. And that's more truthful than not having the dogs. Yeah. Yes. And no, I mean, I guess, you know, it, it's just meant so that it's consistent across the board. If I, I had a yeah, buyer, but is it in the that, best interest of the buyers and sellers? 
Well, you can, if you walk into a house that reeks of cat and you have nothing but carpet in it, I just got done doing one of these with a client. It was a, it was a house where there was a whole lot of stuff in there. It was an estate, an older person. And we don't know how many cats were in there, but it smelled like three dozen. I mean, yeah. like, let's be honest, it was right. bad. We took everything out of the house, pulled all of the carpet out, aired it out, ozoned it, repainted the whole thing and put all new carpet in. You would never know that there were three potentially three dozen cats in that house. <laughs> it was perfect. So, but now I, I have had buyers that have said, Hey, you know, we'll walk into a house. And in two seconds, he goes, there's a cat that's lived here. Yeah. I'm out. Right. But if there were pictures, you know, that's, up, that's, pre- that's pretty specific though. Yeah. But if there's pictures up, I don't know. I think, think about this too. Buyers can be sometimes very unreasonable and say, well, I don't want a house that a cat has ever lived in. Well, Hey, how the hell would you know? If, right. if you're buying a house from somebody right now, that's on the market, they've been there a year. You don't know if the person before that had eight cats. You have no idea. This is I'm going to know when I walk in, we need more listing know. leads and go to pipeline pro tools. <laughs> we need to get we listing need leads. Of, we need a whole lot of stuff, including <laughs> mental health right now. Cause this is yes. exhausting. <laughs> All right. So what I learned today is that sometimes cancel and relist can be a code of ethics violation. And sometimes it's not. Right. I think you have to use your best judgment. And again, look at the, look at the, let's assume you he have is. <laughs> I'm dropping it a dollar every two weeks, a dollar. And I'm going to come over there and hurt you. Um, yeah. So just make sure that you're using your best, your best judgment and, and look at why you needed to do that anyway, you know, right. rearrange your photos, rearrange your contacts or your, your remarks. Yeah. A little make bit can call, go a long way. Outbound calls to other agents and to right. try to get. find out and, and right. Other people in that same price range, since you went up, who went under contract, why didn't they show your house? Agreed. Rachel, yeah. if people have a referral for you in Chicago, what is the best way? Yes. Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688 or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thanks Bye. for having me. Bye.